Hello, everybody. Hello. We just got all Barry White there. Um, How you doing? So this is going to be episode 118. 118. Can you believe we've done 118 of these? I know. So that's a lot. It's a cycle. That's, a, that's like a whole life cycle almost. <laughs> Depending yeah. on how many times you've been recorded. That's over two years that we've been doing this. Yeah. Long time. This is probably still squeaking. <laughs> it is still squeaking. Stop messing around. Yeah, so today we record on cycles. Uh, life cycles, job cycles, career cycles. Positive and negative cycles. Yep. Breaking out of cycles. And Steven mm. comes out with some big news. Oh, you're teasing people, Benny Boo. Teaser, teaser. Teasing people. Yeah, so episode 118. Give it a listen. Here we go. Boom. All right. We're recording. We've got sound. We're in business. Business time. Yeah, that too. You want to get off your phone? Uh, I'm trying trying to get some travel plans going here. Is now the time for that? Where you? Well, it was while you were setting up, and I was still in the middle of it. Little prissy priss priss. Where are you trying to travel to? Uh, Well, this one was Seattle, but the time that we were talking about going to Seattle, I'm going to be on Catalina Island, so I can't do that. And then Pop and I might go to Palm Springs. So I'm trying to juggle that one with it too. Just you and Pop, like just on a mandate or what? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Hey, zero judgment here. <laughs> zero judgment here. Actually, there's lots of judgment here if you do that. <laughs> Je- jealousy is different than judgment. It's a, you got the wrong J there. That's not jealousy. <laughs> yeah, I'm not jealous. What are we recording on today, Ben? Cycles. And not the kind that comes monthly. Motorcycles? Motorcycles. <laughs> yeah. Are you on your cycle currently? <laughs> Gosh, we're definitely. <laughs> and this is why we are E explicit. Yeah. So we're going to talk about the cyclical nature of just about everything. And Life I've noticed the last few weeks you've been jumping to a lot of conclusions. Okay. And you make assumptions about why I want to do things. And this morning you made an assumption about why I wanted to talk about this. But we're going about to get this topic. Yeah, yeah. We're going to get which to that. was a logical assumption, actually. Uh, maybe, maybe not. No, it was. And then there was part of our podcast. I think the one that went live today, where I was telling you I didn't care about my cousins and stuff, and you're like, "Oh, you still love them?" I was like, "No, I don't." Like, stop putting words in my mouth kind of thing. I know. I, was, so, I just assumed you were a good-natured person, but I guess not. I am a good-natured person. I just don't care about people that aren't a major part of my life. And when I say that, I don't mean that I wish bad things. It's just they're not front and center of my thinking and not people that I'm doing stuff about. But anyway, I digress. So, Your topic. Let's hear it. Frame it. You want me to frame it? All right. So there's a quote that I've been thinking on, and it comes from a novel that I've never read by a gentleman named G. Michael Hopf, H-O-P-F. I assume it's Hopf. This looks German or Belgian or Yeah, something like that. So the quote is, hard times create strong men, strong men create good times. Good times create weak men, and weak men create hard times. All right, so obviously cyclical, right? Mm -hmm. And after the... The good men or the weak men create hard times. The hard times create strong men. Mm-hmm. So, first of all, let's get the disclaimer. And when we talk about men here, we're talking about mankind in general. We're not just talking about people with not dicks. a sexist comment. Um, it's not sexist. Um, I think 
we are probably at the point just now where we're at the good times and we've had a good we've had a good for a long time right even with some economic busts and things like that i don't and obviously since so let's go from second world war right so obviously there was bad things before the second world war but then we had essentially the last 70 years or so have been times of prosperity right both in the uk and here well uh, I mean, there's been some downs economically like, but overall like the vietnam war yeah and the dominant um, of the twin towers and yeah the oil embargo bad and things happen environment and yeah bad things have happened still but we're still thriving for the most part and i'm not saying globally i'm talking specifically about well, even globally, here yeah. and my home in the uk and i think what we've gotten to and again i've been thinking on this a lot is we've gotten to a point where things have been so good for so long that we're about to get to the point where we're going to have a bunch of weak bitches and again bitches isn't talking about women i'm talking in general i think we're getting to the point that we're going to start seeing the fruits of our labor here and this actually goes back to one of our first podcasts where millennials kind of started it now we're into the gen z thing and beyond what are you doing oh you're just dimming the lights yeah my eyes are oh ben had lasik and i will never do it after his description it wasn't as bad as he made it out or <laughs> I just said you. your eyes start to go, so I had to dim the lights in the room a little bit because my oh. eyes are still a little sensitive to light. Yeah, so I think we're at the point now that we've, we've had the good times and we're going to see a bunch of weak people and we're going to see a bunch of bad policy because of it and we're going to see rules beyond rules and then we're going to get to the point that we're going to have hard times because of it. So, like I said, it's a, it's a, it's a quote from a, a novel, a, a fictitious book, but I think it's very applicable to life. And for some reason, I can't get it out of my mind. And I've really been thinking on it a lot. Hmm. So your hypothesis is that we've had a good for a long time. It's created a generation of weak people, which will lead to weak times. I'm going to include you in this. I think people your age and up are strong people. And I think younger than you, so we're, we're about eight years apart, right? You're 31? 30, 32. 32, okay, yeah. So I turned 40 this year, so about seven and a half years, yeah. give or take. So for me, we're at the point now that, and I'm not saying I'm some savant or I've got the answers to everything and I'm super strong. And what I'm saying is I fear for the next 20 years or so because I do believe we're creating a generation of people that are so dependent on input from their parentals and teachers and everything else and people aren't necessarily going through hard times, experiencing detrimental circumstances and, and coming through from, you know, they're not getting to, to experience well, grit. and I think, yeah, I mean, I get what you're saying and, and I don't disagree. Um, I think this is a generation that's looking for validation, right? And in, in, in almost everything they do. And they find that validation in the form of social media a lot of the time, right? So I think it's probably one of the most depressed generations, uh, which doesn't help with being weak, right? Because when you're depressed, you don't have a lot to really give to be strong even. So I'm, I'm not even 
I, I don't even know if you could say it's to the fault of the current generation that they are weak, right? I mean, to some degree, it's the the nurturing of the kids, right? And if you let your kids, if you never, I mean, kids can face hard times. You can teach your kids to face adversity and to have to work through things. But if you coddle your children and you don't let them have any struggles in life, well, then yeah, they're gonna they're gonna grow up to be weak, right? So. I mean, I, I get what you're saying, I, but I also think that some of it is that we've just created, not that the kids are by just being, but because it, they were created. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I would say the, I'm not saying the fault necessarily, because there's fault in every direction, but it's like, it, what's funny to me is the very generation that says like, God, these, these kids that are, you know, they're usually 50, 60, 70, they're just so weak. And it's like, you're the ones that parented that generation. Like... Yeah, Why are you? I, I think you're wrong. I think you're skipping a generation. So they don't think Gen Xers are weak, right? So Gen Xers are late sixties through. I think it's the millennials that people, millennials and younger that people are looking at. No, and I agree. The Gen Xers created that, not the people that are 50, 60, 70. Well, so the boomers didn't create. I guess millennials. boomers would be sixty-two and below. Mm-hmm. Born year sixty two yeah. and below, so, so that'd the, be sixty right now. Yeah. Basically, so the boomers close to it created Gen X. Gen X has created. We keep making things easier now, whether that be with technology, whether that be with um, other kinds of advancements, just scientifically or yeah. whatever. Um, we essentially at this point have a pill for everything. Yeah, that's true. you're happy. You're too happy. You're too too hyperactive here's a pill for that we're yeah. going to we're going to slow you down instead of just going to work oh you don't have enough energy here's a pill for that you're depressed here's a pill for that oh you have a sore back here's a pill for that mm-hmm. and it's like no how about you go see a chiropractor how about you go for a walk how about you yeah. get more active mm-hmm. and i think what we've gotten maybe to you is need a job change maybe we need to do change up the, the, the softness i'm referring to the 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 weakness is from instant solutions that aren't really solutions they don't address the problem they just provide a solution quickly mm-hmm. that isn't that isn't sustainable. So, you know, I use the the scientific and the in the medical field. It's like people want to get surgery right away instead of finding a holistic approach, right? So, I want bigger lips. People get friggin' lip injections. You know, you want fake this and fake that and it's like no you can work to get that stuff i mean you can literally get bicep implants and stuff now there's an easy way to do everything get a bicep and and we've created Uh, it's called um i forget the name of it but there's you've probably seen people that do it maybe i'll get those um (laughs) you don't want it it looks ridiculous (laughs) but where i'm going with it is just that i think life is cyclical yeah and i've made peace with it and i'm not going to lose sleep over it even though i've been thinking about this quote a lot um, so life's cyclical, relationships are cyclical, education is cyclical, oh, yeah. careers, friends. I think you've heard me say, and if not, then I'll say it now, is I think we're coming into a time, though, where it is going to be very easy to be successful. And and that's a, a kind of a funny thing to say, but it's because everybody else around you is going to be so weak, right? If you're able to just put a little bit additional effort in, I think it's going to be much easier to stand out in the next coming decade or two mm-hmm. because so many people are not willing to stand out. They're so they're not willing to put themselves out there. They're not willing to take the risk. They're afraid of being shot down. They're afraid of falling flat on their face, mm-hmm. right? And what it might look like on social media if they can't post it and get 5,000 likes. It's like, but if you're just willing to go out there and fail a few times, right? And to your point, like, 
be smacked in the face have to deal with some grit then like well then yeah you're going to be able to be much more successful right if you can push through adversity and failure guess what happens over time you become more successful so once you get past the basic which is a cycle by the way mm -hmm. i'm going to ask you this once you get past the basic prerequisites like honesty integrity and such what's the number one quality you look for in someone that you might work with or hire um once you get past the foundational stuff it's yeah. like I mean what they complain about like huh? if you're having a conversation with them having a beer it's like do they complain about stuff okay so I mean that's to me that's foundational right but I'm talking resiliency that's what I look for right I think being well, and resilient I think that goes along with mm -hmm. I mean resiliency exactly what and, you were talking about and, and complaining go along it's like mm -hmm. do you roll the punches to some degree do you own the problems do you, do you come up with a solution like mm -hmm. I mean we joked a little bit and I'm not saying but it's like we had uh, someone in a company that I might be involved with <laughs> asking about like, what are your COVID protocols right if somebody's asking nitty-gritty questions like what are your COVID protocols it's like ooh, I'm not sure you're gonna align necessarily with our culture right so yeah. we're talking culture fit what I think would be the thing that we most closely look for uh, from hiring practices is like do you fit in culturally and that's the thing it's like so i want to go somewhere with what you just said it's funny that you went with the covid protocols um because i mentioned to you i was in seattle this past weekend yeah and i just can't believe the the level of fear that i experienced over there and yeah they're open but they don't call it fear it's absolutely fear yeah. they call and it just being prepared no it's not caring being prepared. for others because a big part of being prepared is letting your immune system and your natural flora do what it's supposed to do Right, so you do have to be exposed to sicknesses in order to build. Even with a vaccine, yeah, you I'm still have to be exposed to them. Yeah. So, and this isn't a political thing. This isn't. I, I just I went to Seattle more to experience what it's like over there because we're on the east side of the state and it's completely different here. Mm -hmm. But so you talked about if you're hiring someone and they ask specifically, "What are your COVID protocols?" That's a red flag to me because from a philosophical standpoint, political standpoint, from a from a take care of yourself standpoint, my answer, to, if somebody asks me that, is what are you comfortable with? If you want to wear a mask, wear a mask. I'm not going to tell you you have to. I'm not going to tell you you can't. If that's what you want to do, you do you. Mm -hmm. Don't impose what you want to do on anybody else. If you don't feel safe, that's your problem, not my problem. You have to take care of your own damn self. Yeah. So... I think that's where in the last year, year and a half, you know, leading up to COVID, there was all the fear mongering. And then since it, we're, we're, we're over a year now since we got locked down. Two weeks flat in the curve, right? Mm -hmm. The level of subservience that I've seen, and this is a conversation I've had before. And again, where we're different, maybe not so much you actually. So I still think there's a bit of a rebel in you. But do you remember when it used to be kind of cool to say, fuck the man, <laughs> F the system, you know, I'm not going to do what you tell me, right? I'm going to flaunt the rules a little bit. I'm going to see what I can get away with. I'm going to push the boundaries, right? So if someone said, hey, you got to wear a mask, you'd be like, let me see them try and force it. Or you're in school, you got to do this, you got to do that. Don't let the teacher catch you doing that. You're still going to do it. But now what we've done is we've almost glamorized. It, it's kind of opposites from when you and I were growing up like geeks were the ones that ran and told on you right and they were 
absolutely pilloried for it. And now that's a cool thing to do. It's like, oh, he's not wearing a mask and he's, oh, let's put it all over the social media. Let's go and tell authorities. Let's, And it's like, that's the shit you got beat up for and bullied for. And yet <laughs> now they have kind of flipped it and they're bullying the people that don't want to do that. That's, it's like the rebels are now the... That's kind of an interesting observation. Yeah. Yeah, It because uh, that is kind of the case too. It's like if you don't obey the rules, you don't bow down to fewer than you're... Yeah. You know, like a it's, little bit, though. It's like this level of subservience, and it's like, look, the rebels used to be the ones. And I mean, don't get me wrong; like, we have laws for a reason, so that like, yeah. so that we maintain common order. But there are certain things where it's like, you can use your head too, like use your brain. Yeah, like. But I can't remember who it was. I was chatting with you the other day. It was somebody in politics or somebody in media. I can't remember which one. Um, and and we were discussing the spokesman review article that came out it was the front page of the spokesman review and i think i took a picture of it and sent it to you guys laughing and steven lost his mind which i always love when i send these things to steven because it just like cue the rant that comes <laughs> but it was like positive side effect of covid19 no flu deaths in 2020 and they show you the running bar chart of the flu deaths over the last few years and, and then they show you 2020. It's like, well, yeah, there's no flu deaths because it likely got all counted under COVID-19 deaths because the symptoms are exactly the same. Like, yeah. how do you, how would you say that there's absolutely no flu deaths? Like, that's that's Look, absurd. Some people that listen to this may get upset about what I'm about to say. Uh-oh. If you do. Triggered. I'm sorry. I'm really not sorry. Canceled. Um, But... In the next few years, everything that happened for the last year is going to come out in the wash. You're going to learn what the political gains were. You're going to learn what the political strategies were, both sides, why one was for it, why one was against it. You're going to learn that the numbers were so skewed and incorrect. And this is where I've talked about the ability to rationale, uh, apply rationale and, and reasoning. People are looking at traditional media sources and taking the things they see as gospel expert this and expert that and it's like no nobody's an expert in this literally um the novel part of the virus the novel coronavirus Mm -hmm. means there's never been anything like it so all of the modeling that was done is nothing more than an educated guess Mm -hmm. it's kind of like the flu shot that people get every year Mm -hmm. it's an educated guess that this is going to be the prevalent strain this year and it's like 20 to 25% effective every year. For the flu shot. I'm sorry, but that is a shitty percentage right there. We still scientifically don't fully understand the coronavirus. We know how to treat it. We know how to give therapeutics for it. We do not know how to cure it. (laughs) And we do not know about the vaccine long-term side effects because it was rushed through. I'm not saying it wasn't tested. I'm just saying it wasn't tested under the same scrutiny as most vaccines. In fact, if it was, there wouldn't have been the agreement between the government and all of the vaccine companies, all of the all of the pharma companies, that there would be no litigation should there be any side effects. So, like I said, not saying that it does or doesn't work, not saying that it's um, less effective, more effective, or even bad. I'm just saying that because... Again, this is a cyclical thing. We're, we're not allowed to ask questions of these things just now, whereas 20 years ago, of course questions would have been asked and it would have been encouraged. 
and that's part of this cycle that we're in. I was wondering where you were going to how, how, how you were going to bring this but, back. <laughs> yeah, it's where we're in in the cycle. We're moving towards this weakness that what you're told from up on high is going to be gospel. And it's like, no, with the second we stop questioning government, and I sound like a right-wing loony here, and I'm not at all. I don't want to go and live in the woods like Randy Weaver um, and do like a, a, a Ruby Ridge. What I'm you saying still is talk about Randy Weaver a lot, though. I do, just because of, <laughs> I've done a lot of reading on the, the subject. He was a loony, by the way. Um, but where I'm going is, if we stop questioning government, if we stop asking questions, if we stop saying, hey, okay, I'm willing to listen to your opinion, but show me the data, show me the science, because that's what's been completely lacking through all of this. I think the interesting thing is that even now science is up for debate, right? <laughs> so, yes, I mean... If we can't find a common ground for people to agree upon, i.e. science, then it's, I mean, it. how do you even structure an argument? You can't structure an argument. I mean, you think, go back to your classes in college for uh, psychology, right? And the structure of an argument and how you would structure an argument. It's like, first, get them to agree upon one thing, right? It's like, just common, and then build upon that. It's like, if you can't even get to a point where it's like, you agree upon science, like the molecular buildup of something, I mean... <laughs> mm -hmm. how, how do you yeah. come how do you grow from that so I think another thing that's severely overlooked and again this is a cyclical thing so we've been quote unquote in peacetime right for over what 10 years we haven't been active at least in Iraq Afghanistan whatever it was well, just to find active um, I'm sure that there's there's still operations going on but, but we are not currently disagree, we're not currently in a state of war right there's operations going on clandestine non-clandestine there's all kinds of agencies doing things all over the world but we are not in a state of war no one has declared war on us or vice versa we don't count north korea they're just crazy um <laughs> well, they're not even in war they're just blasting <laughs> stuff out into the ocean seeing what works yeah so i think what people forget is that the very rights and privileges that they again, within this cycle of good times that they use, whether it be free speech, going on social media, saying and doing things, protesting in the streets for anything, both sides, all of those rights and privileges take hard men going, okay? And again, when I say men, I mean men and women. Human race. Going and doing hard things. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I watched again the movie uh, Lone Survivor, with Marcus Luttrell. And the reason I watched it again is I listened to him on the Joe Rogan podcast. And we don't, I don't think we're at a point where the majority of people either, I don't think they respect or are willing to acknowledge that their freedoms exist because people have done things that they probably don't agree with, but in some cases the ends justify the means. Yeah. And horrible things happen and it's part of the cycle to get to live in this good life that we all have with the privileges that we all have because there's a lot of privileges that we in this country and even in the UK take for granted. Well, and part of it is protecting those, right? And protecting doesn't mean it's over a card game or a cup of tea always. Mm -hmm. So I think that's the hard part. Like, there are hard things that need to be done, even in business. I mean, there are hard things that need to be done in business that people don't want to do, which is why you have people who are managers and people who are not managers, mm -hmm. right? 
because it's harder to be a manager of people. Like you have to fire people at times and people really don't like doing that. Well, if you don't like doing that, or I have people tell me a lot of the time with finance, well, I, I could never do your job. I could never go and sell to people and, you know, to get up, build up a book, and I can never have to talk about somebody about mm-hmm. their accounts and how you lost half a million dollars temporarily in their account when the market goes down. It's like, well, then you don't get to have my job. Like, yeah. you don't get to have the pay. That, like, that's part of it. Like, I, that's what I, I will never get this. I mean, I get it. I get how you could be scared of it, but I don't get how you could not acknowledge the fact that, like, good things come through trouble a lot of the time and through hardship. And, mm-hmm. but not be willing to go with the hardship to get the good times. It's like, well, I'm not willing to do the hardship. I just want the good times. It's like, well, they're that's they come together. Like mm-hmm. it's a package deal. Yeah, you don't get to just have the good times. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So I want to move on from this point in just a minute. But I wanted to also give credit to a guy. There's a guy called Mike Baker. Um, so I'm going to read this. Mike Baker's a former CIA covert operations officer. He's now the president and co-founder of Diligence LLC, which is a global intelligence and security firm, right? So this guy's legit. He Black knows Ops. Stuff. Um, Mike is also the host of Black Files Declassified on the Discovery Plus channel. Well, that'd be cool. So legitimate dude. I mean, he has been all over the world, done things. Again, he was on Joe Rogan. Um, I spent a lot of time listening to stuff. But he talks about the standards. And again, this is a cyclical thing. So... You know, if you go back to even Vietnam, it was get the job done, any means necessary, get the heck out. And then after the fact, well, back home there were people protesting and stuff. Yeah, there, right. Oh, yeah, but after the fact, people wanted to revisit the atrocities and all this stuff, right? But he points out basically China. He talks about China being the biggest threat to the globe right now, the biggest threat to the USA. And he's like, look, here's where we're at with China. He goes... Part of the cycle of our development as a nation, when I say our, I mean the USA, I'm, I'm in the USA. He says is technological advancements, life advancements, uh, scientific advancements. We've done all that. We've put the time and money into the research and the development, the implementation, trial, error, all the rest of it. So we're where we're at as a developed nation based on that. He's like, China fell behind. 10, 15 years ago, they made a decision maybe even as much as 20 years ago. They made a decision where they said, hey, we're way behind on this cycle. How do we get up to date? We can do the same thing as them, but then it's going to take us 20 years, 15 years, whatever it is. Or we can just go out and steal everything, not follow any rules, right? So he talks about that. He's like, and then when we're in conflicts around the world, everybody looks at the US and goes, you have to follow these rules, but the people that we're in conflicts with don't follow the same rules. Mm And it's like, you know, coming back to what I just said before we move on, people have to do shitty things, hard things that most aren't willing to, most don't want to know about, but they want to reap the benefits of the 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 privileges that come from those things, right? Well, so, I think when, and also though, in, in that case of US, China, it's like, if, if they were behind technologically tw- 20 years, which I'd even say, I'm not even sure that's the case anymore. Like, mm-hmm. they're, they, they're very technologically advanced, even probably more so than the U.S. But uh, you think about it, more eyes are on you when you're the successful person. More people mm-hmm. are waiting for you to fail and to point out the fact that you're not playing by the rules. The U.S. was the big successful individual in the room. And if they stepped out of line or any of the rules were not played by then yeah, everybody was going to point at you. But you can be in the back corner breaking all the rules. 
You can be in the same room, breaking all the rules, right? Like China. Just don't be the kid that gets caught, right? Yeah, just don't be getting caught. Or just don't be so successful that you don't get noticed yet. Like, because mm-hmm. to some degree, China will get to the point where they're going to be held to the same standards if they're going to continue to grow. But they might not care. That's the other part of it, I think, that we're not talking about is the fact that, like, the integrity of it. Like, do you have integrity in your systems and your law? Like, we just talked about earlier, laws are there for a reason, right? We play by the laws. It's just a common agreement, is what a law is, that we all agree that we're going to play by. If China's not going to play by it, then it's not technically a law anymore because it's no longer a common agreement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Time to move on. I didn't expect to talk about that for that long or go that in depth or pull up anything about Mike Baker or Marcus Luttrell. But we don't need to move on. We can keep talking. Yeah. We can do whatever we want. Well, I just don't want people to think we've turned into conspiracy theorists or anything. I just oh, think they already think that about you for sure. I have opinions. This is where I talk about them. You can like it or you can lump it, as my mother would say. So life cycles. Let's talk about that. That's what right? I thought this was going with. So let's, so let's um, talk about your life cycles, Stephen. Okay. Where do you want me to go? I don't know. I just wanted to see you go like this and put your arm up. And so go, okay. I, um, I Where can, are you at in your life cycle? I don't know. And that's that's why I wanted to talk about it. So I can, I can look back and see where I've been and what I've done, right? So obviously at childhood, I would say into early teens was, was definitely childhood, great childhood. I was talking to some people about this yesterday where I was like, it was completely analog, mm-hmm. save for one TV with three, four channels at that point um, in the living room, no TVs in the bedroom. You know, if I wanted to watch something, I had to get consensus. If dad was watching it or mum was watching it, you were shit out of luck. Um, so you had to go and play outside, right? And I was like, I could entertain myself with a stick and some mud. I mean, well, just, that sounds like I can do that yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. like, <laughs> or <laughs> yeah. You, you go knock on somebody's door and you yeah, so, look for the bikes. Look where are your friends at. So that's where I would start. I would say that the first two cycles of my life were analog into digital. Right? <laughs> okay. So analog childhood you really are going technical on it. Digital okay. adolescence into early early into now adult. Um, no, because I think there was an adoption period and of the the technology and so then there was high school obviously then there was college then there was early Stephen in the USA where I was just a raging party animal um showing up literally sleeping for three four hours and still showing up to coach in the hot sun 100 degree weather for six hours a day and sounds terrible I survived it. I mean, I, I I abused my body as a younger person. Um, and I think just being fit and healthy at the time is is what got me through that. Into my sales career, early sales career, maturing as a salesperson. Um, you know, and that's another cycle, the soccer cycle from what I did here and now I'm completely out of that game. Um, figuratively and, and literally when I say the game. Um into Heartland, which is a whole different cycle. And then if I get into relationships throughout all of that, friends come and go, lovers come and go, um, you know, uh, family comes and goes as well. Hmm. So I look at it as I don't know what cycle of my life I'm in just now. I know I'm in a positive cycle. Well, you've said things in between, or like in between, you've said things in the last couple of months that would suggest a, a cycle shift 
if you will. Do you want me to just address this? You you said something a cycle shift that we're, when we were recording with Tabitha, and I, d- I think most people would have glossed over it. So Tabitha is going live before this one, by the way. So Tabitha will go live, and then yeah. this will go live. Okay. So I am about ninety percent sure that within a year I'm not going to be living in Spokane. Ninety percent now. I'm done. Yeah. yeah. There's there's always room for change, right? So, um, but yeah, I don't want to live here anymore. <laughs> and not because I don't love it, not because I don't love the people here. I just, there's multiple reasons. I don't ever want to deal with winter again because I had never experienced seasonal affective disorder until this past year. I think from a political standpoint, we in this state, are going to see more of what we saw last year just because of the way the country leans politically. And if that means that I'm not in the right frame of mind, I mean, six months, I was depressed. Albeit mm-hmm. that I got on with it, showed resiliency, got through it, found coping mechanisms. I was depressed last year. It's the first time in my life that I can say I was depressed. I think a huge part of it was that it was a shitty winter. It was cold, it was wet, it was dark. Um, I Wait. hate the snow couldn't go anywhere couldn't go anywhere anywhere i did go still had restrictions and lockdowns and stuff and that's not part of what my usual cycle right Mm -hmm. talking about cycles normally it's like i'm going to go to vegas for a week yeah weekend i'm going to go to um california i'm going to go to florida i'm going to it's hard to make life decisions based off of one year of difficulty too but but i have a document on my computer and let me just put this into perspective operation leningrad or something operation leningrad so yeah the place I like in Florida Operation is Leningrad. St. Petersburg. And for anybody that doesn't know, St. Petersburg is was always St. Petersburg. It's a town in Russia, a city in Russia. But when Lenin was in power, he changed the name from St. Petersburg to Leningrad. And then when he fell and things got a bit better in the Soviet Union, it went back to being St. Petersburg, and it was a big deal. So St. Petersburg in Florida was actually settled by people from there, so they re- they named St. Petersburg, Florida. But, so I've got an objective. and Let's hear the objective. The objective is to move to St. Petersburg, Florida with minimal impact to production and operational efficiency with Heartland, maintain healthy cash flow throughout, and integrate into new personal and professional community. Which... You can do that. None of that is a problem. I mean, I could literally yeah. lift up right now and do it. I will say this, first year or two, if I'm gone, I'm still going to spend a, mu- a, a week every month or every other month in Spokane. I have way too much business here. I still plan on growing my business here, so I'm going to be a part-timer, but I'm still going to be a part of the Spokane community. You'd be like a snowbird, like a part-time yeah, snowbird. Essentially, but year-round. Where? Yeah, I'm that's here, home base. There, you come here, there, yeah. So, Except for maybe during the winter, you might not come as frequently. For yeah. I still will. You come for a week at a time? Yeah. Um, I still want to appreciate where I live, and I think if you live somewhere where the average temperature year-round is 80 degrees, I think you forget, you know, it talks about that resiliency. I still want to be able to say, hey, I can do the cold, but I don't want to. But I don't want to. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Hey, I think that every winter. (laughs) I want to say this as well. I don't think ordinary to extraordinary stops i think you and i get creative and either do remotely or we record when i'm here or Or whatever whatever we do and i'm planning on meeting a lot of cool people down there that we can interview also so i'm sure you'll come visit me and if i can make a good business Mm -hmm. case for it 
<laughs> I'll come visit you even if there isn't a good business case. It's but like yeah. it's 80 and sunny down there. Well, it's so, 30 and gray here. Some other people have said exactly what you said to me, though, that um, well, one year, one year, why would you change for one year? And it's like, no, there's, there's, a, there's a pattern here. And it's the fact that the seasonal affective disorder hit me so hard now I know about it. Now I feel it. I was going to say, you know what um, it is? It's a catalyst. Yeah. And it's just, it's put me in a place where, look, I'm not getting any younger. I feel the cold. Well, I'm, I have a bionic arm. When it gets cold, my arm gets stiff and sore, and it just takes me longer to get going. And I want to do everything I can to improve my environment and being able to be outside. So let me give you this statistic. 361 average days of sunshine each year. <laughs> I'm flipping Stephen off right now. Here's what's something I actually want to touch on and, and not gloss over that you're kind of alluding to and that we talked about with the catalyst. Cycles mm-hmm. are loops, right? It's a cycle because it's a loop. Like you can get stuck in a cycle. And sometimes you need to have that catalyst to break out of the cycle, be it a negative or a positive cycle, you know? I mean, if you're stuck in a negative cycle, and I think the other thing that I was, um, from a pictorial fashion, I was initially thinking cycles in broad, multi-year, big deal, like big, long things. You kind of broke it down into not just cycles. I mean, a cycle to me would be like a, a, a stage of life, if you will, almost. Like you broke it down into like, you said lovers, right? Like whoever your girlfriend is at the time is a cycle. Whoever, like it, that could be just a couple of months. Mm-hmm. So and some negative and some positive. Yeah. But I think the interesting part is in your situation, you were in a cycle living in a place where you might not necessarily enjoy living anymore, getting in a cycle of just grinding through it, seasonal affective disorder, being on lockdown, not being able to travel, not being able to go out to eat and do things and hang out with your friends as much as you might enjoy doing normal, uh, otherwise, which might mask your true feelings for being able to get through winter and deal with seasonal affective disorder. Now we're gone. Mm-hmm. Catalyst for change comes in, i.e. depression, because you can't do any of those things, those outlets, those things that would normally mask any of the other feelings, right? So it's like, it's interesting and sometimes positive and goes back to like how good things come after times of, of negative, right? Is sometimes that's a good, I mean, it's not a bad thing to have to go through adversity or struggle with depression or things because that might be what changes you to prom or mm-hmm. to go do something new, like losing your job. Like a lot of people are in jobs that they hate and they're stuck in a negative cycle, i.e. a paycheck, right? Every two weeks they're stuck in a cycle because <laughs> they get paid until they lose their job and it's the best thing that happened to them. They go and they start their company that makes them wildly happy and the living. Mm-hmm. So just an interesting kind of point that well, came that I want to I want to say a year ago, if you'd asked me, even – with and we didn't know the scope of COVID at that point. Mm-hmm. If you just said to me a year ago, Stephen, where do you want to live? But like, I'm I'm living where I want to live. I'm in Spokane. I love Spokane. I love the people here. I love the four seasons. You know, because I I've always said that, and this is why I'll still spend time here and in cold places. Um, I always think that you're more appreciative of sun when you have cold, and you're more yeah. appreciative of cold when you have sun right and it's like without exposing yourself to these different things you can never truly appreciate the other the way you should um 
you know, something I didn't mention, and this is going to sound really trivial, but the last six months, thankfully we can do it now, but the last six months, how many times have I said to you, Ben, God, I wish I could go play golf. God, I just want to go somewhere and play golf. And we did it, right? We've done it a couple times. But imagine a place where I can play golf year-round when I'm feeling that, ugh, or good day, bad day, indifferent. I'm going to go and play some golf. I can do it any time I want. Um, so, I'm just looking yeah. at St. Petersburg right now to see but, what it looks like. Dude, I'll show you a whole freaking document here. Like I said, so there's another major reason that I haven't touched on yet. I am not homesick, but I really do miss my family. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't get to see them last year. I had plans with them. I got shut down. In June, I'll get to go to Chicago, spend time with my brother and my nephews and uh, my sister-in-law. I'm going to play golf. I think I'd mentioned to you one of my friends died and we're doing a golf mm-hmm. out in Tondrum. Um But I miss my family and I know that I can entice all of my brothers that have kids in the UK to save me the hassle of going there if I give them a place to live in Florida and say, look... St. Petersburg, Tampa is an hour and a half to Orlando. We can do Disney, Universal, uh, Cape Canaveral. The Keys are just south of there. Tons of great golf for my brothers. I know that a five-hour time difference in flying to the east coast of this country is yeah. much, much better for me to see my family more often than than what I'm dealing with just now. Yeah, you're on the uh, you're on the long, long ways away. Yeah, I mean, you're countries and countries away <laughs> so there is a there, there's a personal reason there as well like i really do want to see you more told your parents about this yeah 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 so i'd made a short list i've been talking about the short list for yeah. about six yeah. months and the criteria was no state income tax um no capital gains tax um at least from a state level um better climate than here and i wanted to live in a blue city in a red state so i want to be the blueberry and a cherry pie. And right now, I'm living in a red city in a blue state. So we're the cherry so and the blueberry just pie. mix it up. Yeah. And I think you get the best of both worlds because I definitely lean liberal in a lot of ways, but I do have conservative values in other ways. Mm-hmm. And where we live just now, being dictated to by the other side, but also being surrounded by some right-wing loonies, mm-hmm. mm, I think I'd rather be blue blueberry and a cherry pie hmm. i think it's it's going to lead to more more of a a healthy environment overall interesting well yeah again there's cycles for everything so i'm kind of interested to see if that 90 percent or that 10 percent plays out the only reason i put a 10 percent in there is i've made my mind up but you know you never know what's going to happen in the next eight to nine months right because when's your lease up? Oh, I can leave any time. I, oh. I, I mean, I'd pay to break it. I'm not worried about that. Oh, no, they'll let you out. So, well, well I'll pay will, it. Someone will yeah. rent that pretty quick too. Oh yeah. At this point. So I, I don't see an issue there. For me, it's I'm going down there next month. I'm playing golf yeah, I was with say a couple of Welsh buddies. I'm going to look at some properties. Um, and when I say properties, either to lease or buy. Um, so yeah. I mean, it's in motion. I'm just not going to pull the trigger until I'm ready to do it. Dun, dun, dun. And I have to be sure. So there's still that 10%. How many people in Spokane have you told about this? You, Pop, Shay, and Jared. <laughs> and how the 
listeners. <laughs> so now everybody <laughs> <Not> knows. <laughs> um, you know, I, I've made noise about it. I've said, oh, wouldn't it be great to... Yeah. yeah so... Well, and I've got friends down there. It's not like I'm going down there to start completely well, it's over. It's not like you're not coming back too either. I think. Yeah, exactly. But not that this was supposed to come a whole podcast yeah. about Stephen potentially moving to St. Peter's. No, but it's part of the cycle, right? It's yeah. part of the life cycle. It's a different cycle. It's something new. You know and what? Different. And sometimes cycles with an interesting thing like Lauren and I when we first had our first son, and when he he was like acid reflux, mildly colicky, and just like. It, w- it was not enjoyable. And I remember breaking down one night on the bed, just like, oh, my God, what did we do? Like, we went from being able to do whatever we wanted, like young, married, traveling, making good money. Like, we travel, we could do whatever we wanted. Like, it was so much fun. And now we have this thing in our house where we can't travel. We can't go out to eat. It's waking us up at all hours of the night. We're sleep deprived. It's like, this is crazy, right? And sometimes it's hard in those moments to see the positive and the good when you're especially when you're sleep deprived but so sometimes you just remind yourself it's like and we called it stages right like because especially with kids there's definitely stages it's, mm-hmm. i mean it's not even cycles because the whole child's life is a cycle but there's stages and there's good stages and bad stages of raising kids they're all good stages but there are bad attributes of each stage is maybe a better way to put it and Terrible we just remind twos. ourselves it's like and it's really not the terrible twos. It's really the terrible threes. Like the twos are like fine. It's the threes when they start to get the little attitude. Like that video I showed you the other day where my son's flipping me off. He doesn't know what he's doing, but it's a freaking hilarious video where he's counting on his fingers. And he's like, this one. And it's his middle <laughs> finger up. Just flip it. Steven loved that video. Go figure. <laughs> but it's like they just have attitudes. And it can be really hard. And just, it's just kids, but it's like it can be just really hard sometimes to get through certain stages and have a positive attitude about it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I think people would look back on kids also and be like, that was one of the best things I've done, you know? Yeah. So, and sometimes it takes going through it, I think, to look back and say, wow, that was one of the best things I've done. Yeah. Like cycles, sometimes when you're in the middle of them, suck. Well, I think the thing about cycles as well, so to get away from the the overarching cycle that we talked about, I'm talking more life cycles as well. Mm-hmm. Um, people get caught in ruts. People don't make mm, changes because about. they're, the they're scared, right? Yeah, paychecks. And it's like, Jobs. well, I know, I know where the next paycheck's coming from. I know where the closest gym is. I know, you know, where I do my grocery shop, and I know how long it takes me to get from here to there. I know when I have time off. I know. Um, so yeah there's so so much right that people are scared to do and I'm like look I think the reason that you're still here is your mum and dad Lauren's mum and dad and familiarity I think well family is is definitely but a couple of things I think I don't think either one of your 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 parents or her parents would forgive you guys if you moved away with the kids, right? That would be uh, a bone of contention. Be, it wouldn't be, yeah. Every time I talk about it, they get a little excited. But, what's that? <laughs> Every time I talk about anything. I mean, we talk about getting our own lake place, mm-hmm. and, and you think the world's going to freeze over, right? Both of our parents have lake houses next to each other. It's like really? I talk about getting So you a, won't a come here? House. Like, oh, my God, what do you mean? You yeah. get, I was like, you guys realize... You, what we're talking about here, we're talking about uh, us having our second home in a different location than your second home, still within the same city yeah. as our primary. You see, you understand how dumb this all sounds? Yeah. 
but it's, they're not ready for the next cycle, right? And your, well, bro- and it's, your brother yeah. doesn't have kids. I don't know if Lauren's oh, so sister's definitely. planning on having kids. So right now, you guys are it. So that's that was kind of yeah. my point. You're it's taking like, the grandkids away. If you didn't have kids or if you guys, heaven forbid, weren't able to have kids, they wouldn't care if you moved away. They would just come visit you, right? So there's your your set of circumstances. Like, it's the same with, with our friends. Like, they can't move away, like... Well, you don't necessarily want to because they are your support yeah. when you have kids too, right? It's like, and you want your kids to be around the grandparents and you want mm-hmm. and their help, to be honest. Like, it, it's, like it, but it, kids sometimes are sometimes so. the start of a new cycle takes making a difficult choice and just getting after it. I think most of the time. And start doing of a, something of a, different. Most of the time. it's. Mm-hmm. I mean, change is hard in general. Positive change is hard. Yeah. Any type of change is hard because it's just not your normal. Yeah. And then, you know, we talked when we talked about friendship we talked about the cycle of friends right mm-hmm. people come and go yeah people stay sometimes your closest people aren't part of every cycle but they're still there somewhere and you can always pull them in and put you know you know pick things up where you left off or whatever so well there's, there's uh, i mean sometimes your friends because of to, yeah to your point the cycle you're in like we mm-hmm. talked about with our friends down the road that have older kids and their kids are in sports, right? I mean, they have like 10 and 12-year-olds or something like that. And it's like, and our kids are three and a newborn. So it's like, well, we're not always going to be able to hang out because your kids have sports on the weekend. Mm-hmm. And you might not be getting home till 7, and our kid goes to bed at 7, right? And then we're at the house. So it's like, yeah. you can come over to our house after you get home from your kids, and we'll get sushi and hang out. But, like, you know, mm-hmm. it's not going to always be the same types of thing. Like, we might not travel together because our kids might not hang out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I guess life is cyclical. Everything in life is cyclical. Mm -hmm. And I think you have to embrace that. That's the ride. More than anything, you have to be prepared to change cycles. You have to be, sometimes you're in a toxic cycle. And that can be because of people. It can be because of jobs. It can be because of circumstances. And the reason I wanted to talk about cycles is if you're in that, kind of like what I'm alluding to, pull your head out your ass and do something and change something. And it can be a simple thing, you know? It can be that your cycle was going home, eating shitty food, watching TV till two in the morning, and waking up and doing it over again the next day. And the, and the positive cycle changes, okay, I'm going to go to bed early, I'm going to wake up, go to the gym, I'm going to eat better, I'm going to have more energy, I'm going to get outside, and I'm not going to do that shit mm. that was bringing me down. Yeah. And not to say that doing the other thing isn't okay either, that's a choice. But don't get caught in these cycles to the point that you think it's your only option is kind of what I wanted to talk about. No, I think that's that's wise too. And, and all, a lot of the time, disruption, I mean, you're kind of talking about disruption, like disrupting a cycle. Like disruption is a really positive thing, I, I believe. Like I, I talk about sometimes taking a different road home even just to, to disrupt your routine, right? Like I like to disrupt the routine and I like to do things that are spontaneous and uh, one of the things that we talked about in one of my uh, sessions with my my performance coach slash psychologist guy that I go to is uh, novelty, and we were talking about to to your like as humans we need something in our lives that is new and exciting and different to look forward to. Like I think it's just something that innately we crave. And to your point of the last year and not being able to go have Vegas to look forward to or going golfing see or seeing your brother in Chicago or Florida with the grandkids or the grandkids, your nieces <laughs> like you can't 
you can't do these things, but those are things that are out of your normal routine, the disruption of the grind, which helps reset you psychologically, I think. And, and, and that's that novel portion. Like, and I think that really is important. And we've just really forgotten about that. And that's what keeps the positive cycles going. And it's what disrupts the negative cycles. I mean, because mm-hmm. positive cycles are draining. Negative cycles are draining, I think, is, is probably the reality of life. Both cycles, positive or negative, are draining and tired. And you need to rest. So having that novelty either disrupts the negative cycle from a psychological standpoint or reinvigorates the positive cycle. So I wanted to, uh, before we finish, (laughs) no, that's great. I wanted to, before we finish, can you tell them to shut up out there? What quality ratio is the best? Sorry, we we just had a noisy thing going on outside. That guy was loud. Our studio, I think it was Ryan. No, that wasn't. I Um, think that was the cousin of... One okay. of our guys who work, or brother-in-law, who works for the Department of Defense. Anyway, where I was going to go is I wanted to tell a funny story. So you're the only one of the people that did know and I have told that hasn't made a joke about Florida man does something, you know, in the news. It's like a Florida man and then it's a crazy thing. <laughs> right? Tackles an alligator. So I did some research on that and there's actually more crazy headlines come out of Washington than there are Florida. Oh, I'm not surprised. So... I have a goal if I do do this when I move to Florida. I want to basically create positive Florida headlines about Florida men and Florida women um, and be part of them if I can. So Cool. There really isn't. Well, just make sure you get a guest room. Oh, there'll be, there'll be more than one. I think I'm going to do three or four bedrooms and there'll be plenty of room for you and the family. That'd be fun to come down. And for the guys to come play golf. Have I ever told you my one of my goals at some point is uh, not a sabbatical, but a three-month time period on the East Coast mm-hmm. to where it's like start in Florida or Maine and go down and up the other, you know, type thing. Yeah, and spend. start to Key West, go all the way up to Canada, yeah. Canadian or border, maybe it's Niagara like, Falls. Or. Maybe it's not even that. Maybe it's because there's a lot, obviously, in between it to do in three months. Like maybe it's like, hey, do – I mean, you could go Florida – Louisiana direction, you know, go that direction. You could go north, like yeah. Knowing you though, I think you would love the 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 actual East Coast. So you drive the coast. So start at the Keys, and you're going to get progressively colder unless you do it in the summer. But start at the yeah, Keys, up through Florida, do Disney, uh, do Universal, get to Cape Canaveral, up into the Panhandle, then hit North Carolina, South Carolina. Yeah, both of those. I mean, they're amazing. You it, the Outer Banks of North Carolina. People don't realize how beautiful it is And it, it could there. be like one of those things where it's like you mm-hmm. stop around there or, or maybe you make it up to yep. New York and then start in New York yeah. again for the second, third mm-hmm. month stint type thing. Hit Virginia. I mean, see Virginia. Go see like, uh, you know, that same side, like Virginia, Gettysburg, Maryland, yeah. all of that, like the Civil War stuff. Like go mm-hmm. see all of that. Um, stay away from the inbred people that are inbred people in Virginia. I watched a movie, a, a video over the weekend. I'm going to have to show you this. It's called uh, Soft White Underbelly. Oh, and gosh. this guy goes and it's not just about that. Like he interviews um, prostitutes and just people in terrible things. Oh, gosh. And it's really interesting to watch. That's a life cycle. Um, but yeah, hit it, hit it all. And then obviously Maine, Connecticut. Connecticut's I really, think it'd be a blast. There's nothing to see in Connecticut. You can bypass that state. But Maine's beautiful. York Beach, that's where I learned to surf in Maine. Hmm. Um, yeah, New Hampshire, Boston. I mean... I've been to Boston. Loved Boston. Yeah, Massachusetts and New Hampshire are beautiful. Yeah, Rhode Island, you got to go see the boats in Rhode Island, like the fishing boats going out. And 
Yeah. See, I'd just be, I mean, there's, I could see when like Lauren and I are older, you know, it's like 60 years old and just go and living it up, like just travel, 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 like spend a month in each state type thing. Yeah. So see, this is the other thing that just talking about that and telling you how to do it on the East Coast, I don't think a lot of people realize how much I've traveled this country. Like I've been to 49 of the 50 states and spent time in them. But you've not been to Alaska? Um, I, no, I've done Alaska. I haven't been to Hawaii. You it's the only been to one. Hawaii? Yeah, it's on the list. Wow. Might even knock it off this year. I was going to say, you might want to get um, that done before you move to Florida. It'd be easier. <laughs> It'd be less so, travel. <laughs> well, but yeah, I've seen so much of this country. So it's it, this is what I'm doing is an informed decision. And Spokane, I still love it. but During the summer, mostly. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> maybe you come back for a month. And I miss the yeah. damn ocean. I grew up coastal. I miss the ocean. Yeah, I can see that because the ocean is pretty special when you mm-hmm. go and visit. Even, but yeah. Okay, well, let's sign off yeah. before I we got get wax pee. philosophical here. Yeah, if I if I don't pee, I'm gonna have to tie a knot. Um, and that's gonna be difficult to do <laughs> with a short as that is. You know, I saw what you did there. I tried to say that it was big enough to tie a knot, and you had to make a little one. Look at us in our British manly bravado. Gosh. <laughs> Gee right. willikers. Yeah, we're going to get out of here. So rate, review, like, share, all that fun stuff. If you need instructions on how to rate and review us, by the way, because multiple people have reached out and asked me how, um, let us know. We're willing to walk you through it. Best platform to do it on is Apple also. So Good to know. Yeah. Until the next time, be good to yourselves. And, and to, to each, each other. other. Boom.